Hello and welcome to RGU Talk, the official podcast of Robert Gordon University. I'm your host, Johnny Milne, and with me this week is just about one of the loveliest people you're ever likely to meet, or failing that, hear her voice through your headphones. It is the head of the RGU Women's Network, Alison Watson. Alison, welcome to RGU Talk. Thank you, Johnny. That's a lovely introduction and happy birthday, by the way. Johnny is, in fact, everyone 30 today. Yes, on the date of recording, I am now officially an old man. It is I don't know what that makes me then. A very old woman. (laughs) Definitely not an old man. Um, Well, Alison, how are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you, Johnny. I've survived the snow and the blizzards to make it here today, and it's lovely to talk to you. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to have you. Well, in addition to your role as head of the RGU Women's Network, what is your actual day job here at the university and what does that involve? Okay, so my um, title actually is Business Intelligence Implementation Manager. Um, That's an awful long mouthful. (laughs) Um, I am in charge of a project which is implementing brand new software to the university to develop our business intelligence capacity. Um, Business intelligence systems uh, allow people to get um, access to a wider range of data um, and to analyze this much more easily and readily to gain meaningful insight so they can make better business decisions. Um, At the moment we are working um, with colleagues uh, in relation to student data and then we will be moving to other data sources across the university next year so we'll be looking at finance, HR, library, all sorts of other information sources um, all around the university. So far more important than my job of sending out tweets and writing to the media. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't say that, but actually um, what we might be able to do is um, give you some more interesting material um, for your tweets and your contributions to the media because one of the things that we're obviously wanting to do is point out where we do well as a university and where we serve our students and our staff um, well. So, yeah, that's all part of it. Fantastic. Well... We're recording this in advance of International Women's Day, which is on Thursday the 8th of March, and hopefully this episode will be airing on that day. Um, So welcome in the future when you're listening to us. How busy have you and the RG Women's Network been in arranging events on campus? Yeah, we've been really busy to... um putting together um, some events for to mark International Women's Day. What we try and do each year is actually have a week um, of celebrations. Okay. Um, so it's a really big part of the Women's Network calendar, although we do do events all the way through the year. Um, this year we are kicking off um, with a joint session with the Language and Culture Network at RGU um, and we're going to be looking at women's suffrage around the world, okay. so the different points in time that women gained the vote uh, and also when they were able to stand in Parliament. We have an enormously um, varied um, academic staff and students from hundreds of different countries, so we're hoping to get as many of them together as possible to um, share what happens in, in their home countries. And then on um, Wednesday the 7th, um, we're delighted to have Vicky Nairn um, coming to speak to the RGU network. Um, Vicky is the most senior female employee in mm-hmm. the university. She is Vice Principal for University Operations. Um, she has a, a 
career that spans many different industries. In fact, I think this is one of the first times that she's worked in the public sector. And she's very generous with giving her views about how she came to this position and the challenges and experiences that she's um, had along mm -hmm. the way. So we're really delighted that she's been able to give that time. And then, of course, on the day itself, mm -hmm. so the day that this is airing, um, we have an evening lecture by Professor Sarah Pedersen, who I believe has been another one of your interviewees yes, on this Sarah podcast. Will be on soon, yeah. Um, and Sarah is going to reprise her uh, Scottish suffragettes talk that um, she has done in various locations around Scotland. Mm -hmm. She was awarded a research grant to look into this particular area, uh, which furthers research that she's done already. And all of her talks have been sellouts. Absolutely. So we are delighted to offer staff and students the opportunity to listen to Sarah um, in uh, at that lecture that starts at 6pm on the 8th. Well, I absolutely hope that all of those are you know, very, very well attended. Um, for anyone who is listening in and may not be fully aware, can you tell us just a bit more about International Women's Day as a whole? Yeah, um, International Women's Day is celebrated all over the world. Um, and I was actually um, doing some research into this myself to try and find out about the history of it. So International Women's Day was actually an idea um, uh, that started with a, a lady in Germany um, in the early 1900s. Uh, it involves all sorts of different um, agencies, from governments to um, private organizations, charities, all sorts of different women's organizations around the world. Um, and it's celebrated in different ways. So I discovered much to my interest that in China, Madagascar and Nepal, International Women's Day is a public holiday for women. Oh, okay. Yes. And um, it's also celebrated in um, ways that are kind of similar to Mother's Day mm -hmm. in some countries. So, for example, in Poland, um, it is um, celebrated by men um, giving their significant women in their lives, so wives, girlfriends, friends, sisters, um, small gifts. Oh, lovely. Yes. So anytime you want to adopt Start that tradition, that. then um, <laughs> feel free. So in the UK, it's much more about... Um, women getting together to discuss ideas for um, pushing for change mm. and pushing for equality. And it's also about uh, marking the contribution and celebrating the contribution that women make to society. So you'll see it marked in all sorts of political arenas. Um, and uh, in, in Aberdeen, there are several events going on. The Aberdeen Women's Alliance is celebrating. There's actually a civic reception um, that the city council is holding to mark the centenary of partial suffrage mm -hmm. for women, because obviously that dovetails really neatly in with International Women's Day this year. Um, so yes, it's marked in lots and lots of different ways. And onto the RGU Women's Network specifically, uh, when was it formed and you know, how many members do you have at the moment, active members? So the network was formed at the beginning of 2016. Okay. Um, the network exists to do three things primarily. Um, we want to provide opportunities for female staff to meet and network. Uh, we have um, staff right across the campus. As you know, it's a very linear campus. Mm -hmm. And we have academic staff. We have professional support staff. So the network exists for all of those members of staff to um, get together. Um, we want to provide opportunities for self-development and career development for women. Uh, and we also um, 
try and mark the achievements of women in the university and their contribution towards the success of Robert Gordon University. Um, we started in a really small way, um, just with a, a few interested people, and it's gradually grown by word of mouth. Okay. Uh, we have around 150 members. Wow. Now, obviously, not all of those come to all of our events, mm. and actually, that is quite a small proportion of the number of women who actually work at RGU, and we have room for plenty more. So if any women at RGU are listening to this and would like to join the network, um, then please contact me, and we'd be delighted to see you. Absolutely. I mean, and you, you mentioned that, you know, you're one of the reasons the network exists and one of the things your aims is to celebrate the successes and the contributions of women at RGU. Um, anyone who spent any time on campus will have seen the posters and brochures around the place celebrating women at RGU. And there have been dozens of academics and staff featured so far with their profiles. Um, Vicky Nairn, you mentioned earlier, Chloe Bruce as well from the alumni team. Um, Annette Davidson from the Disability Services. Um, how, do you, how do you choose who to feature so far and is it going to continue going forward? Yeah, I, I am really proud of the Celebrating Women series. And um, as you're, you're right, we have um, featured uh, a whole range of women working across the university at all different levels. So we started off featuring women who work in STEM subjects, so science, technology, engineering and maths. Mm -hmm. We then moved on to um, celebrating the women who participate in Aurora, uh, which is a public sector women only um, leadership and management training course. And then we moved to women who are working in academic disciplines alongside the STEM subjects. And finally, uh, we have done uh, an addition to celebrate professional and support staff. So um, the way we choose people, we always go for people who are members of the network first. Okay. Um, and then we almost have to... Um, really uh, twist their arms because <laughs> nobody wants to have their photograph taken Absolutely. and just like I didn't want to do this interview really <laughs> but you forced me I did um, I gi oh. I'll give you chocolates after <laughs> we have to uh, do the same thing mm -hmm. so um, it's actually a very gentle process so all of the words are written um well, they're put together by the individual, but um, Sarah Pedersen will then act as editor and will give them final copy okay. approval. And also everybody is able to approve their photographic images. Um, so, yeah, that's the big, been the biggest problem that people haven't wanted to have their photographs taken. Mm -hmm. The other point about that's really important about the Celebrating Women series is that although we only choose specific women, it's not a actually just about those specific women. It actually um, marks the strength and depth of the female workforce at Robert Gordon University. So they're representative of something bigger as well. Mm. Uh, in terms of whether it will continue, well, um, watch this space. We'll Fantastic. have to see. <laughs> OK, I will accept that. Um, I mean, it's been incredibly successful so far because I'm already thinking last year, it was the Celebrating Women RGU publications were even commended in Parliament. So, I mean, that must have been a fantastic feeling. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic and uh, really um, quite unexpected as well. So it came as a fantastic surprise. That was all down to um, one of the very active members of the network, um, a lady called Morag McFadgian, who works in pharmacy and life sciences. Um, and yes, it was um, commended in the Scottish Parliament and um, received many cross-party um, 
commendations. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was it was a really nice way to have that marked and it got such a lot of positive publicity for the university in all sorts of different ways so it was it's been marked um, as part of the equality challenge unit um, which runs aurora and other events Um, it's been picked up by all sorts of news agencies Mm -hmm. it's it's been very very positive now speaking of the network um i think it's fair to say that there are women you know not only at the university, but across the country, across the globe, that do see their workplace simply as a job and don't get involved in the, you know these kind of networks, these kind of groups. What was it that made you want to step up and lead the network? Um, yeah, that's a, an interesting question. Um, and the honest answer is it was sheer frustration. Um, I had been involved in work um, that was going on in the university around developing um, something called the Athena Swan um, application. And for people who don't work in the university, that will be a complete mystery. Um, but basically, it is a, a national um, award which marks the um, fair treatment of women in the workplace and it it isn't just about women actually it is about gender equality and it also covers lgbt Mm -hmm. um and the way that those people are treated and it was just frustration really that we got our first application rejected Uh, we had done so much work on it and there was a lot of talk about a women's network at that point we had an lgbt plus network Um, that was small but was working really well Mm -hmm. so um, I I just decided to have some conversations around the place and see if anybody else had the appetite to set up a a network because it can't possibly be done by one person Um, and I found those colleagues um, and we started in as I said in a really small way in 2016 and things have have grown since then and it's been a it's been a great journey um everything that we do is on a voluntary basis from people that work within the university so we run um a, a monthly event and that is normally hosted by somebody who is sharing their experience or and or their skills and um we try and respond to the requirements of women working in the university as best we can we're always looking for new recruits we're always looking for people who are interested in helping because the last thing we want is for it to become the same old boring boring things that are set up by the same people Mm -hmm. Um, my stint as chair comes to an end in um, july and i've enjoyed every minute of it and Mm -hmm. i look forward to the network's future success in, in future years and I'm absolutely, absolutely convinced that it will continue to grow because, as I say, it's been so successful so far. Um, in your eyes, what more? I know this is a big question to end with, but uh, I mean, what more do you think ordinary women and men can do in their everyday lives, not just in the workplace, but to really continue that press for equality progress you know, nationwide? Yeah, that is a big question. <laughs> <laughs> I have to throw one at you right, yes, right at the end. Yes, um, that is a bit of a, a that is a. a big big question so I'm not um, I'm not a militant I'm not particularly political um, but I do believe in fairness and in fairness of opportunity and I don't think that this is an issue that is one about women alone Mm. there are lots of groups in society um, that face similar um, challenges and discriminations Um, 
I think one of the things that I would urge people to do is to be careful and consider their unconscious biases. Um, we all grow up in a in environments and with cultures that shape the way in which we look at the world around us. And unless we're careful about that, that can continue to perpetuate those um, behaviors and those myths. So one of the things that really frustrates me is, for example, um, all male interview panels. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not going to be very easy for us to um, get us to a situation where we can actually move forward and not have men dominating the most senior levels of organizations if the interview panels are all men. Mm -hmm. And just simple things. I was talking to a colleague this morning who um, is female and who works part time. The majority of the people who work at the university uh, on a part-time basis are women by no means all but the majority of them are and she was telling me that there was a big um, departmental meeting that had been organized and it was organized on a day that she doesn't work Got you. and so in order she either misses that um, and therefore misses out on that opportunity to contribute and to hear what is happening it's actually about learning and teaching development so it's really important or she has to go away and work out really complex arrangements to swap mm -hmm. her days. And I'm not wanting to make this sound like a women's issue, actually. This, there are lots of men in this position. Um, again, it's talking to somebody at the end of last week who has um, caring responsibilities for an elderly parent and who is absolutely run ragged with that and is doing their best to keep all of the balls up in the air. And when a colleague said to them, why didn't you come to the evening social event last week? You know, they it's really hard mm -hmm. to maintain a, you know, a, a polite response, really, when so many things are going on. So... That's a, it's a very small thing, but let's just have a think about that um, and how it affects other people. Well, on that, Alison Watson, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you, Johnny. And thank you for listening at home, in the office, on the bus or train, wherever you may be. That's it for another edition of RGU Talk. On behalf of the university, I've been Johnny Milne and we'll talk to you later. <laughs>